Anime is a vast and varied medium, and if you're not already familiar, it can be daunting to find something you might be interested in watching. This is a podcast where three average anime enjoyers introduce their uninitiated co-host to their favorite anime touchstones, so he can join them deep in the weeds. This week, we watched some anime-ass anime, Agresco. Uh, we watched two episodes from season one, and four episodes from season two. Um, overall show summary, uh, Agresco, also known by its original Japanese title, Aggressive Retsuko, is a Japanese animated comedy streaming television series based on the eponymous character created for the mascot company Sanrio. It's a Hello Kitty. <laughs> I absolutely forgot that this was like a direct Sanrio-related production. <laughs> oh, did I not mention that? Oops. <laughs> no, I, I just forgot. Like, you look at it and you go like, oh, yeah, okay, I see it. But I I've, I don't know. I, I Maybe that's a good sign because I, I feel like, you know, I remember it for being its own thing, not for being a Sanrio product. Mm-hmm. What is Sanrio? Uh, they're the company, company that made uh, Hello Kitty and all of those cute characters. I, I can honestly say I've never seen Hello Kitty. I've only seen the products. And it always confuses me because I'm assuming she has a mouth. You never <laughs> see her with a mouth, so I just picture her being a telepathic cat. Um, She was a Gundam once. Oh. Yep. So was Sailor Moon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, I don't, like, the the core of Sanrio stuff was like, we have this mascot, it's Hello Kitty, it's cute, let's put it on and in everything, right? Yeah, they are specifically a mascot company, like, they make cute characters, <laughs> that's what they do. Yeah, so like, if you've seen the product, that is that is the thing what it is. Mm-hmm. Hold on, wait, can, can we introduce Bob to a new word now, if we're talking about the word cute in relation to anime? Can, yeah, we, okay, can we use the word? Oh, sure. God, right. Wait, wait, wait. I have a guess. Is it Hawaii? Here you go. <laughs> I'm so I proud think I've heard you. that somewhere. I'm sure you have. I have no doubt because it is so prolific <laughs> in just culture in general at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, the character first appeared in a series of animated shorts between April of 2016 and 2018. And then the anime series adaptation was launched on Netflix in April 2018, followed by three more seasons in subsequent years. And the fifth and final season is set to debut February 2023. The show consists of 15-minute episodes about Retsuko, a 25-year-old single red panda working in the accounting department of a Japanese trading firm, trying her best to navigate through the typical problems encountered by young adults in the 21st century. Facing constant frustration every day from pushy supervisors and co-workers, Retsuko lets out her emotions by going to a karaoke bar every night and singing death metal. Yeah, these episodes, the the death metal karaoke didn't come up that much, except mm-hmm. for, like, it was her, like, meditation room where she hung out with <clears> her <throat> friends, and it was just like, <clears throat> like, hey, I need advice. I need to, you know, congratulate uh, whoever got the distribution rights, well, I guess Netflix, uh, for 
avoiding just renaming it Single Female Red Panda. <laughs> just because, like, you know, it's been there the whole time in front of me, and I never considered that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, I'm the one who did this. Who watched the dub and who watched the sub? Dub. Dubbed. Okay. Um, there was a moment where I actually considered watching the sub just because, like, this is definitely one of those shows, like, because it's mascot characters, because it's, um, everyone is, it's, it's like, it's all people you know, but in the sense that everyone is a caricature, uh, uh-huh. I think there are some voices that, like, the stereotype plays clearer in the Japanese dub than they do in the American dub. Like, there's, a, uh, specifically, uh, and we'll get to her, but, uh, my girl Fenico, uh, fuck it. My spirit animal? She is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, oh, okay, good. We're all in agreement. Good, excellent. Um, but the way that she plays as like very like monotone and like um, staccato is that the word? Uh, I would call her Daria. Yeah, she's office Daria without the right. nihilism. Well, well, so like she's like that, but in the Japanese dub, the, the way that they play her voice is she's almost like a little more rapid fire, rapid fire. Like she kind of sounds like a typewriter in the way that she talks. So it, a lot of that, like she comes off as more like, I'm just going to go ahead and say autistic coded. Cause I love to point that out everywhere I can, <laughs> but like she definitely played more as like, no, this is like, I am sounding like I'm being like, you know, kind of uh, sarcastic about everything, but that is just the way that she is. That is how she approaches everything. And it's little, little things like that. Like uh, when we get into the, the hippo mom, I'm actually kind of want to go back and see how that voice differs. Cause that's a, it's a good, uh, um, sub version. The sub is also good. That is what I'm trying to say words of. Um, because I did watch it once out of curiosity, early pandemic, because I'd already been familiar with the first season. So I was like, yeah, let's see what this is like. And it's still really good. The, the death metal is both, you, you still get the vibe from it and it still comes through. Yeah. I would argue that, um, as this show is more exemplary of anime ass anime, as I said, in that <clears throat> it's dealing a lot with a Japanese culture and you have the more exaggerated like reactions and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> I feel like watching the Japanese voices, if you're not already kind of familiar with uh, Japanese culture and like the stereotypes and stuff that appear, it it may be harder to 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 read it as well. Mm, like a, like a bit more, you're kind of taking in more things that you're unfamiliar with. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Okay. Do, do we just want to start going through the episodes because I I have more yes. specific things to point out about that. Yes, right, let's okay. do this. So, uh, do we want to, we're doing the summary again, right? Yeah, so, okay. um, the season one episodes we watched were episodes six and seven, Stoking Rebellion and The Duel. Um, at work, Resco keeps on getting abused by Director Tone, which is her boss and other superiors, though she notices how Tsunoda easily gets along with the boss. So she decides to hang out with Tsunoda one night at dinner, asking her for tips on how to make up with the boss. The plan backfires when Resco makes up to the boss at the wrong time. Hearing about Resco's troubles, Ushimi uses her connections with the company president to help her out. Thus, that night, the president gives Director Tone a warning. Tone is secretly not happy about it. The next morning, he acts uncharacteristically nice, scaring all the co-workers in the accounting department. Tone wants to find out who reported him to the president. 
That night at an office party, Retsuko hoped she could clear the air with Director Tone, only for Tone to determine that it was Retsuko who had him reported. During a karaoke duel, Tone raps about how useless Retsuko is, and Retsuko, almost in despair, finally unleashes her rage form and responds with death metal, knocking everyone out. Super Saiyan. <laughs> so, Bob, yes. tell us, do the thing. Yeah. What, what, <laughs> do, what, do the what, thing. Walk us through what uh, what's stuck with you. How do you remember this going? Uh, I enjoy um, obviously uh, Fineco. Oh my Fineco. goodness, Fineco! Yeah, Fineco. Um, her character is strong. Uh, I like. I appreciate any time she interacted. Uh, the deer. Once again, name's eluding oh, me. Yeah, that's Sunoda. Thank you. I'll Sunoda. Have this Thank down. you. Sunoda is just a weird character because I don't know that I hate her completely. <laughs> can we if you can't remember her name can we just call her Jane Doe because that seems perfect oh my god I'm so mad because I forgot her name for the first two episodes and I'm like the fawn and I'm uh -huh. like and then I called it the fawns fawns mm -hmm. uh, this so, first yes, episode Jane Doe. yes Jane Doe uh, she is very mm, like I said I don't know that I like her but that's her whole purpose she is a character. A believable, real character. Yeah. But when uh, Nico finds out that Ritsuko is hanging out with her, she gets all upset, and then uh, Ritsuko's like, no, it's everything's fine. And Fineko's like, okay. That's interesting. I trust you. Um, Director Tan is probably, like, the worst character that we can we have all met in our life. <laughs> yeah. That, that's it's probably... A grand scheme for the whole series, my favorite thing, is because this really is, you can identify with this life completely. You've worked with these people yeah. at some point. Tone, Tone is absolutely that boomer boss. Like, in other episodes, you will see him. He doesn't work with a calculator. He works with a literal, actual abacus. Mm. And he's faster that way. And it, it's, he is a real artifact of real life artifacts. The part where they're at the party and he's, you know, straight up saying the thing about like, hey, when I was, you know, the young mm -hmm. one in the office, the bosses were even harder on me. So like, I'm hard on y'all, but like, I still had it worse. And it's just like, okay, so you're one of those, like, it was tough for me. So I'm, it's going to be tough for you because that's just how it is. Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. Like, God, I know. I know every one of these people in this show. Mm -hmm. I, I've worked with you all. Uh -huh. It's the wolf dog. Haida. Haida. Haida's a hyena. I, I feel bad for him. Uh, he's so awkward. Mm -hmm. That's appreciable. I feel like I, I feel more Haida than Suko. The okay. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, that's more the role I inhabit. Uh, yeah, I've actually seen the first two episodes forever ago. Mm -hmm. And so seeing the heavy metal pieces when she's at the karaoke bar there versus these episodes, it's like, he does go all out. But uh, in these two episodes, not as much. Uh, mm -hmm. You get to meet the gorilla and bird 
people. Gory and Washimi. Oh, yeah. I love Washimi. <laughs> yeah, Washimi. <laughs> so, Washimi is a washing bird, right? She's I believe She's a secretary so. bird. But, but she's a secretary bird. Are those the so same she... thing, or are those different? I am not yes. a birdologist. <laughs> an ornithopter? Wait, hang on. Yeah, I'm not an ornithopter. <laughs> I was not invented by Urza. <clears throat> Um, uh, she's yeah. the best. She's so strong. Like I don't know if I yeah. like her or Fennec more. <laughs> I, I would say yeah, yeah, that she, is my. She own. straight up crushes that display at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, you <laughs> doesn't count water noodles. Well, not only that, it's the the boss's write off that he can get paid for uh-huh. <laughs> from his own company. Oh, that's not a, like an embezzle. No, what? no, it just doesn't <laughs> take his shit. I I love her. <laughs> She's the shadow president of this uh, high school council. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're good. These these are all good characters because I, I keep I will keep saying throughout this whole thing, you have worked with these people, you have interacted with these people at all times. Even Fenico for being that kind of Daria esque character, that stoic kind of uh, passive rebel against the, the cool kid for, in the office. And for mm-hmm. being the only one that you would really want to hang out with outside of work. But mm-hmm. even she has that little twinge of, like, you can't hang out with them. You're my friend. <laughs> it, it shows for, like, a minute. And then it goes away. It's never a real problem in the series, but it's just, you. we've known that person's like, I'm super cool. Don't you dare leave me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Reminds me of uh, a little bit of, like, um... Uh, who's the one from Night in the Woods with the knives? B? I know. No, not B, the, the leather jacket one. Yeah. Oh, Greg? Greg. Yeah. <laughs> he gay do crimes. Yeah. Gives me some Greg vibes and I love it. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, that that is the correct answer. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, uh, it's such a good good show for all of that it's 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 not just good with like again characters who are caricatures but so um, identifiable identifiable relatable mm-hmm. but even with like the way that you see them interacting just i was like i've seen these things play out in the office very specifically um after tone uh gets reprimanded and he's doing his nice nice act the way that everybody goes to the break room kitchen to like hide and just be like, I just need to be in the kitchen for a minute. I need any excuse to be in here. It's just like I need to not be on the floor right now. Why? I'm scared. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, and you're absolutely right. It's they, they've captured whoever created this show. The exact, the actual original creator of this, and I failed to look that up, but I was thinking of it last night. Like, you have worked this office job. You have been here. It's. <laughs> it's essentially you taking your real life experience and just change <laughs> Dragnet. We've changed the names to protect the innocent. Yeah. Uh, it, I was I was thinking a little bit while I was watching because there's um another show, a Netflix original anime series, uh, Dragon mm-hmm. Pilot. Are you Dragon familiar? Pilot. The name sounds familiar, but I do not believe I've watched it. It's about dragons that dress up like jet fighters. It's a whole thing. There's girls. Wait. Is that the Dragon Vore one where they eat the pilot? Yes, yeah, the one. 
okay, I know of it from BG Ian and listening to them talk. <laughs> yeah, okay. But so uh, I watched that show because um, it sounded dumb and I love dumb. Sure. And it was like, that was also a show where like the main theme throughout was about like being a young adult and that like transition into like overcoming your fears and, and stepping into like adult shoes and, and sort of like having the courage to take on responsibilities and like the courage to allow your life to change, uh-huh. um, which is also super strong in this show. Like honestly, uh, if Retsuko's 25, that honestly seems like a little old for some of the themes that she deals with. Uh-huh. Um, and especially getting into the later arcs when we meet. Oh, it's in my notes. What is his name? Uh, Tonda or Anai? Not Anai. Uh, my that note just says Yakisoba. All right, that's good. <laughs> um, the guy at the DM, uh, DMV. Tadano, yeah. Tadano, yeah. I was gonna say, know where he's at in my list. I'm just gonna find him. Like um, <laughs> the the way Tadano is absolutely just like a neat still doesn't have his driver's license and, and just hanging out like they, they they make the point of like oh yeah we're the same age to know that that's like 25 and not 22 uh-huh. is like it early 20s is, is such a weird age because like everything from like 16 to 22 you know two years is a world apart uh-huh. for for that whole age range um so like like the it feels like there is like a weird little difference between like oh okay the, you sh- maybe should have dealt with these by like like not like not only are you all like dealing with this but maybe you're have hung on to it like a little longer than uh-huh. is would be accepted is normal I don't know what the word here is but so there are themes of that I want to address when we get to that that arc because that's the other reason I kind of picked of it mm-hmm. also. Th- this tells me, but I need to confirm. You didn't watch past that that second arc, did you? I did not. Okay, I, 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 will... I watched like the the intro of the very next one because I'm just like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the stuff with a nine. It seems like it's like I couldn't tell. It's either like they're going to call it resolved and we're going to move it's on. Resolved. Or, okay, well, well, like it 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 gets resolved or it is resolved there. It's more or less resolved there. He has a little more like character. Yeah. development but yeah it's mostly yeah. resolved him being a problem that's why i chose that second arc because like this essentially encapsulates the i have to deal with this guy arc uh, um mm. and or what i call well i won't say that in case people i know ever actually listen to this <laughs> i don't need myself in trouble um but i i will say when it comes to today there's there is more than you realize going on, and all, all I would say is you, your read is both a hundred percent accurate and a hundred percent wrong at the same, at essentially the same time. Curious. Yeah, I, I I was with when, and I know we're skipping ahead here. Yeah, he becomes more of a character. He, he, well, you you learn how he occupies his time outside of the DMV. And that's all I will say to that. Wait, to Anai or to Dono? Tadano. Tadano. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, Tadano. And you'll learn about okay. how he occupies his time, and you will learn, let's say, you're 100% right and wrong about him. Okay. You've got oh. his attitude pegged, but not his actual existence. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Oh. That was interesting. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Bob, I guess to bleed into the second part of this first arc we watched, because that is the lovely thing about these, this series. Every episode just kind of seamlessly, uh, is knitted together. Done. The yep. next one, yeah. So we, as we talked about the resolution of it, we, we go to the, the bar, the after work gathering, which a show of hands here, and I'm, I'm sure I know in this group who's going to say it. How many of us don't want to go to the after work get together with our coworkers because we'd rather go home? Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally speaking, yes, but we did have some very. It was a very good outlet for us to complain about our bosses and the work. So, like, well, so so that was the thing. Like, w- there were a couple of holiday parties that we went to because I was like, yeah, make the company pay for a meal for me. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, let's <laughs> do that. But yeah. like. But, like, it was always just like, okay, we're not going to go, you know, hang out with at the company event, <laughs> but we are going to down the street all meet up at the company event where, like, the boss isn't there and it's just everybody at, like, the lower level throwing <laughs> their own event. And, like, yeah, that was the better one to go to. <laughs> that one I would see myself going to, but I'm talking about the one where your boss goes to because the company's doing it because, you know, unnamed employer of mine cares <laughs> <laughs> also this is this is a very japanese oh, yes. thing to do oh absolutely like the yes. whole salary man thing is very big in japan yeah i but i i absolutely shared uh harai's opinion was, i'm not going no way i'm like ah <laughs> the, the missing piece of my spirit animal <laughs> But Bob, so what'd you think about how that wrapped up and uh, how Retsuko outed herself? I really appreciate Retsuko because once she gets to that point, she's going to let go. She's a very mild character, or at least she, that's how she displays herself to Tan. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to see reaction there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. She's very anxious and a little naive, but she has a core that, like, won't give in to being pushed around. <laughs> exactly. It's nice to see uh, her stand up, I guess. Mm-hmm. It, it was really interesting because, like, I I kind of fully expected Tone to, like, have it pegged as Retsuko who, who blabbed on him. So the fact that, like, <laughs> he has this earnest moment of them talking and he's like actually opening up and like, it's being introspective. I've that kind of hit me out of nowhere. It's just like, wait, he's not just going to like stink. I Retsuko every moment, even when he's playing nice, nice, because like, how does he not know that the one he picks on the most is the one who complained about him? Uh-huh. Like that uh-huh. is like, <laughs> I think it's a mix of like, he's just generally like that. But also I think he specifically picks on her more because he does see her as good at her job and is like it's his way of like pushing her a little bit he just goes about it wrong yeah in his i i think to bridge that gap i think he sees himself as doing as joe describes him but he's still an ass yeah yeah like like, He, he thinks he's helping he's not because i feel like after this little arc 
you do get to the thing because like the fact that he picks uh her to train an eye later is just like okay yeah no you you know <laughs> we're, we're we're getting something there um but uh it's just like yeah no you're reliable but like just because you're like he and he, you know i i think it and this is me again like psychoanalyzing just that genre of person that we all know but it's that like it's like yeah no i got picked on at some point so this is just what you do whether you know not because it's out of like some personal grudge or anything but it's just like no you you pick someone to pick on because that's you need a way to vent and it's gonna be at somebody's cost uh you know not not necessarily even as like a, a failed motivation attempt it's it's just gotta gotta pick on somebody to make it through the day Yep, for sure. I I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, but yeah, he's. Uh, I I feel so bad for him because it, it is a time time worn trope of the character who did the thing doing such a good job at hiding it until they don't. Mm-hmm. And I love though it, how it was written. He clear it, that that and again we've seen this before, but just the way he's animated responding to that because he's just kind of still and you're wondering did he catch it mm-hmm. and then he he does that just cold serial killer turn it's like i never mentioned the ceo mm-hmm. and and you can just in as those words utter you hear every fiber of hope retzko had about not being found out snap uh-huh with every syllable, with every letter uttered, and it's just, oh, oh no, we we're at war. <laughs> the bombs have been dropped. Oh, I, but their showdown is so good. It's good. I right before we talk about Tons rapping, uh-huh. um, the the other thing I was noticing it's it's interesting that this is like a major theme of the show is like sort of like growing up and sort of like like moving from you know like school world to working world because watching a lot of the interactions in this show just reminded me like oh right like the kind of like high school drama dynamics never actually end um because you know uh uh the way you know tan and resuko go it's like like i've it's very clear that it's just like if I were like when when um there's you know I could have fully expected if uh Retiko was going to ask Washimi to not say anything because as soon as you know Tan gets reprimanded for picking on somebody, he's going to be ah the person who I pick on clearly tattled. Now I'm going to make her life worse in response. Like that is like such a tried rough this it's weird this show is so relatable for the good and the bad and it's weird how like so much of this is bad it's just like yeah no i i have felt all of these pains and tensions that they're going through in this show and it's just like wow they're doing a really good job i'm feeling uncomfortable watching it it's like oh, oh who, who hell handed me this mirror uh-huh how uh-huh. dare how dare yeah. you say the truth feel so called out <laughs> but then the big pig does a uh, rap how do we feel bob what'd you think of pig rap or what was it the pig gun oh that comes later the pig guns damn it uh i am not biggest rap fan but he was very powerful 
uh, I don't know, is very direct. That I do appreciate. I guess, but, do you like the presentation? I'm not asking necessarily if you like the rap, oh, because rap's kind of a hit or miss thing. Like presentation was fine. Didn't hit it for me, but it was fine. I don't know. I just, I really like the heavy metal piece, so it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little weird. These two arcs, like, they don't, they, they both resolve with, like, musical portions, but both are actually, like, veering away from the heavy metal. Mm-hmm. And that kind of happens more as this goes on, though there is kind of an exception in, like, season three. Uh, I don't want to give anything away in case anyone wants to watch that later, but it, but it's not heavy metal. It, it, it's narratively relevant though. Sure. I will say that. Um, but yeah, I, I love that there was a showdown and I love that it was two different styles of music that they, yeah. they threw at us. That it's, is true. It's like, oh, we're going to get, uh, pig heavy metal. Wonder what that's going to look like. No, no. He's going for rap. Like, that is nothing what I would have expected from him, but it still works because of that rap battle style. It's it's that weird rap battle style where I think, okay, disclaimer, I'm very white, but I think it is more hip-hop than, like, actual rapping just because of, like, <laughs> the, the very, like, meter and bar structure of it. Um, mm-hmm. It's, like, it, it is the exact same structure as, like, um... Uh, Mad vs. City from that one Jackbox party pack. Yes. Um, where it's, it's all couplets. And so it is extremely like, oh yeah, this is like white boy YouTuber rap. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Um, which is like, which again is like, is funny, is appropriate. This guy thinks he's cooler than he is, so he's going for this. Um, but then it was a cool turnaround because like the heavy metal. You know, the the music went heavy metal style, but the structure actually matched that sort of rhyming couplets thing. So, like, no, the the metal was actually still being a rap battle in a fun way. For for an anime put out by the company that brought you Hello Kitty, I did not <laughs> expect something on this level of quality for something that wasn't Hello Kitty. And it's so good for that. It really is, like... There's so much attention to that kind of detail and that little bit of nuance in it. That's so good. I just can't not say that. <laughs> then by the end of the duel and everyone's going to sleep, it's like, okay, knocking out. Yeah. That's I did a... appreciate the uh, host. <laughs> Y'all don't want anything else? <laughs> <laughs> that's a total party kill is what we saw there. It's a, it's a TVK <laughs> if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Someone rule Nat twenty on their uh, rap battle uh, X heavy metal battle. Uh-huh. Oh god! So yeah. arc two. Oh, I'm sorry. Did we have more thoughts on this one? Nope. Bad joke. Not worth it. Let's go. Okay. So arc two. Do we need the descriptor still for that? I I swear uh, I was paying attention earlier. Season two. We watched four episodes. Episodes two through five. The new hire and I. Double Moratorium, Unavoidable Impact, and United Front. The company hires a new worker named Anai, who at first glance seems nice and eager. Director Tone appoints Retsuko to train Anai. During work, Retsuko teaches Anai how to do the work, but he is completely nervous and keeps making mistakes. 
Retsuko comments on his performance, but Nanai takes these words as a personal attack. He begins writing constant, passive-aggressive emails to Retsuko, claiming that she is abusive and demanding that she reply to his accusations as soon as possible. Tone berates Retsuko for Anai's lack of progress on the job, but Retsuko tries to hide the fact that every time she tries to lecture Anai, he blackmails her by recording her voice. She keeps on getting emails from him, demanding written answers to his accusations. When she meets with Anai inside the archive room, Retsuko finally blows her top and shows him her metal face. Anai sends a fax to Director Tone about how Retsuko abused him. Fearing for herself, she resolves to try running away by learning how to drive. She signs up for a driving course in hopes of getting a license. At work, the company is planning to host a Family Appreciation Day event. Each department will plan to contribute something to the food stalls. Unexpectedly, Director Tone appoints Retsuko to work with Anai to prepare the stalls for the accounting department. This is a nightmare for Retsuko as she wants to be as far away from him as possible, so she chooses to do the stall work alone. Haida realizes what Retsuko has been facing with Anai. Retsuko and Fenico are doing their best to keep Anai under control. To everyone's surprise, Kabe is able to get through to Anai by treating him in a motherly fashion. At Family Appreciation Day, the accounting department's Yaki Soba stall is not doing well because Retsuko is not a good cook. Until Kabe... <coughs> Kabe... 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 Kabe. Kabe. Sorry. Kabe convinces Anai to cook instead. Anai turns out to be an excellent cook, and the stall becomes a runaway success. With this experience, Retsuko makes peace with Anai. One thing we didn't really mention here is uh, Shirota, which was uh, a possible suitor for Retsuko, from her mom. Yeah, Really was... kind of a type C. The you mean the Photoshop uh... bear man? Yes. Yeah, but uh, really, there's a lot of type C lines. This felt like a story all about an eye. Yeah, Matsuko's dealings, dealing with that new hire. That's yeah. also a problem. Yes, that's a. I have not encountered this type of person at work. Fortunately, I have stated from the beginning that I don't train people, and this is why, <laughs> because they are a reflection of you. Even when they're bad. Let me tell you, uh, I have I have been management at one point in my life. Way too early in life, to be fair. But I have been. And, and I, uh, fight, I fight that idea of, this is a reflection of you. It's like, no, no. Man, e- if you give me a hand grenade, I cannot make this uh, a cheeseburger. I cannot <laughs> change what it is. It is a hand grenade. And that guy is a psychopath. Yeah, that, I cannot that, fix him. That's more getting into the level of boot camp, where it's like, first we need to destroy the personality that's there. Then we'll build the personality that we need it to be. That's Boot camp is not, like, learning to work at the bank. Sorry, it's not. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Oritsuko gets blamed for Anai. And Anai is, you know, just this side of blackmailing her with threatening messages. This is actually where it almost becomes a serious show. But still keeps its comedy to it. Mm. So this this is where I'm going to peel back the curtain on my real life, and this is why we're not going to name names or the pretty nasty company I work for. I a, about a year ago, we had someone come to the team for the institution I work for. They they are very incompetent. There's no other word for it. They don't follow rules like they should. They kind of make up things as they go. And because no no, no one on their oversight, direct oversight, 
has any desire to really address it because it would also mean that they're not doing their job if it really got addressed like it should mm-hmm. be. It continued. So this this person d- did does not do their job correctly to the point where they received a promotion over the trainer and myself. Now there's a whole nother story behind that we are not going to go into. Oh, that's always the the worst when like the person's not new to the company. They're they've been with the company, mm-hmm. so like they have a sort of like seniority. And rather than get rid of them because they've been there so long, the people just like promote them out of the problem. Well, yep. To this to this point, though, the real angle I was going to get at is they they publicly said in one of our meetings some incorrect information regarding a policy and procedure that was vetted by legal. And I corrected them just out of the goodness of my heart. And that ended up getting ignored. And this person kept saying they knew essentially that they knew better because they'd been with the company for 20 years. (laughs) So I am just like, you know what? Here, I'm going to put this, the correct procedure in chat. Anyone can take it or leave it. I, I, I have said my piece. I've done all I can to prevent an accident or a, a legal complication. And I, I admit, I entered the words. Here's the correct procedure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't think of anything of it. The next week I got called into a meeting with my super, my direct supervisor and we're, we're, close enough, you know, we can be direct with each other. And they said to me, has accused you of attacking them in our team chat, because we work remotely, and on on several occasions, contradicting them whenever they say anything, to the point of being belligerent intentionally. Now, myself, my direct right hand, the training supervisor, and my manager, this being my supervisor's manager, our department manager overall, have reviewed the logs from the team chat. There is nothing there. Mm-hmm. This person who is now a supervisor that excuse me is now up to their neck and in. That's all I'll say because I'm pretty sure there's going to be a big fallout here soon. Right, um, good. I, I hear that. This person has continued on and caused other people problems because they are so hypersensitive. They are so averse, allergic to any kind of criticism that everyone is the villain in their story of the hero. Yeah, they take it as a personal attack, a personal, like, a personal Mm -hmm. assault on their, like, morality or whatever. Because, of course, they can't do anything wrong. So I would like to read you the notes I created for some of these anytime Anai showed up. <laughs> it starts off with just new guy Anai, then Anai sucks on ice. Uh, uh, where is it? I hate that I have to currently do work with an Anai. Everyone starts off thinking Anai is okay until Anai isn't. And then <laughs> just constantly it's like just Anai in all caps every time he shows up. This was the most stressful watch. And he, I, I was okay when Anai was not on screen. The second mm-hmm. Anai showed up, I just went into a rage every time. I just yes, could it, not stand. I'm sorry that uh, he is a very triggering character because he's very, once again, what this show excels at is being 
generic enough and yet specific enough that everyone knows all of these characters in their real life. Yes. Like, like I'm, I'm very much with you. Uh, some of my, uh, notes, uh, at the end of this is just, uh, fuck this child. Mm-hmm. Um, the one where it, uh, just all caps. Yeah. Patterns of behavior. Uh, when, uh, and then when, um, he pulls the same trick on, uh, Haida, it, I, I just have again all caps. Now you outnumber him. Just kill him. <laughs> Destroy the child. Pretty it's like much. I, it's like I'm over here and I'm just like, mm, nope. This this requires a more direct solution at this point. You you did not seek assistance when it was first a problem, so now we have to fix it. There, there at one and, point, in, I, I and I forgot it was Kabai um, that ends up being the one that can get through to him. I was honestly trying to rack my brain the whole time, like, what is their nuclear option? Because as soon as they sent in the pig guns, which is my favorite pun mm-hmm. in the world, and they they just set Tone on him, and Tone has no power here. I was like, what's going on? I just, it, it's, it, it, there is that, like, very real depressed feeling of, like, how how do we how do we handle this? We can't win. There's no surviving this. Oh, yeah. It, it, there, there's, there's some other cool stuff to talk about in this arc, but like, yeah, the, True. the, the, the core thrust of it being a nice, is just like, it is so real and just so like my blood pressure was up this entire time. Cause it, it is like so real and so stressful and just like, yeah, it's it's rough. It is usually you like it when a show really resonates and you can vibe with it, but this was just like, mm, why did you have to vibe with this part of it? Work sucks, mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, no, we all agree, but oh, but why? Meet, why? You meet all the side, or and it's not even supposed to be the main story, but I wouldn't say it's a problem for me. But it was distracting. Is how much a nice storyline kind of drew away from everything else. Like we meet Tanada. Yeah. He goes to driving school. Yeah. There's so many other things. It's like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. What's happening? What's always where my head was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Tanano like introduction is like part of like a longer arc. Yeah. And then you also have her, Retsuko's mom showing up and doing the Mm -hmm. Japanese mother thing. Yeah. Playing matchmaker constantly. (laughs) It's basically the start of, uh, the start of Mulan all over again. Yeah, yeah. And let's be honest. I, I know it's, if I heard you right, Joe, you said it's kind of like a, a Japanese mother thing. It's not just a Japanese mother. Oh, sure. <laughs> oh, I, I just like, mm, this got real. <laughs> but I, I, I feel bad for Retsuko because her mom is essentially setting herself up or setting her daughter up with incredibly false expectations by consistently photoshopping <laughs> the images of the men she's setting her up with. And it's just, I, that just seems so extreme to me. I cannot fathom that. Again, that like very upsetting realism of everyone is messing things up, at least in some small believable way. It's just like, uh-huh. mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I see your intention for you are going about this wrong and making it worse. Mm, let me just bite on my wallet for a while. Hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. Whew. 
But Bob, what'd you, what'd you think about the blind date, the initial blind date? Oh, like, it was cute, I guess. Uh-huh. The conversations that they had, and then the walk away of, oh, you know, we don't want to get married, and then finding out later that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a weird, like, but also, you know, how much of that is also, like, the two moms saying mm-hmm. what they want to hear, because, you know, that it's... I mean, the, the fact that, you know, it's the, the you know, her mom calling to tell her what the update is and mm. not talking to the guy himself. So it's just like, oh, yeah, so he's also doing the same thing. He's not really in on this. Like, like well, you're lucky you got along for that weird encounter, but, like. Yeah. Bear man. Big bear man. He's he, Yeah. He seemed like a nice enough guy. And I did like that he and Retzko, at least at first, appeared to be on the same page. Like. Mm-hmm. Being nervous about going into life, and that feels in and of itself very relatable. Maybe, yeah. maybe not my, as much in my thirties anymore. <laughs> That's a whole new kind of existentialism. <clears throat> but you know, when you're in your twenties, it's like that transition from child to adult and figuring out where life goes because no one's necessarily hand, holding your hand anymore. Yeah, and figuring out that balance between like the expectations that are put on you and what you actually want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it got. Go I was just gonna say that that felt very relatable. Like I had, I was flashed back very hard to my like up to the point of I think my mid twenties at that time. I was like, oof, that's a huh, that's a thing. <laughs> but so, Bob, tell us think? more about the story. Oh, that continuing on with the. Not much to go on further for the Shirota story. That kind of just ends with the following episode. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. It, it does. Like, I, I, I feel like that, that could have become like an interesting, like platonic relationship to have, like to, to give, you know, Retsuko's character like this, this sort of like, not like a, a kindred spirit. Cause you know, they don't even are interested in dating, but having like, you know, somebody who parallels, like it seems weird that that might turn into Tadano from what I'm hearing, but like this idea of just like yeah, no, we're kind of in the same place. We're being treated the same by our mothers. We have kind of similar opinions on stuff, and like that could have been like a cool character to keep around Retsuko, even like sort of almost like not as a relationship in order to spite their mothers. <laughs> but maybe that's just just my wishful thinking. That that's on my uh that's on my Christmas list, I guess. It was also on mine the first time I watched it. I'm like, maybe they can just be cool friends. Maybe this can just happen. But yeah, and I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, Tadano. I'm not telling you anymore. I don't mm-hmm. know. Why. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, all, all I'll say is Tadano gets more interesting. Uh, <clears throat> but and then we, you know, Tadano, that guy at the DMV who apparently has been doing this test for some time. Yeah. Uh. He's different. Compared to the rest of the characters, he's just the cool one. Yes, like, not cool like an awesome, but just... Laid back. Unstressed. Aze. Yeah, like, he has stresses, but but his reaction isn't to tense. His reaction is just, like, stressors bounce off him like water off a duck's back. Mm -hmm. Which is weird, because I think he's, like, a donkey or something? He's a donkey. Yeah. Okay. For what it's worth, he's not an ass. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Do you all have your licenses? 
Duke? I just got my newest license after having been in my new state of residence for <clears throat> months. Ooh. Uh, yeah, and it, well, I got the paper one. And uh so I'm waiting for that to come through. But yes, otherwise I have a license. <laughs> Bob, do you horror, have a license? Any do you have a license? Uh, uh I did not have a license for uh oh, I would say six to eight years. Moral of the story, it's not even speeding or anything, just pay your tickets. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, pay your tickets and make sure to answer your mail. That's all I'm gonna say. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, how about you two? Uh, yeah, I got mine, but I don't drive. I just, like, was, I figured it was a good idea to have it for emergencies or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't really drive. I've been driving since I could reach the pedals, legally or not. Um, <laughs> I respect that the most, honestly. Uh, okay, most of the time it was, you know, go-karts and parking lots, but that's... Fair. I've probably spent more time moving on wheels than on my feet. Um, it's a dream. Yeah. I will say the whole driving license, driver's license, like, subplot had me thinking... God, I, and even when I was like, God, I wish America had actual walkable cities so we didn't have to have yeah. so many cars. Oh, so yeah, and that's the thing about, like, car. one of their discussions was, like, Washimi and, and Gari don't have their licenses because, like, again, they live in Tokyo, so they don't really – it's like living in New York City. Like, you don't really need your license because everything's within, you know, by the train or walking distance or whatever. Yeah, but <laughs> so – Honestly, I think the uh, driving school sort of subplot could have, like, I I don't know how much longer it goes on, but I feel like it, car- it could carry a whole arc on its own because, like, and maybe, you know, because of the, you know, Tokyo and both being a Japanese and a big city different, but, like, you know, when, when I was talking about there's, like, weird high school vibes through a lot of these arcs, you know, just mm-hmm. about, like, drama but also like very specifically the feeling of you know i want to get my license so that way i can drive away from my problems is i feel like an extremely high school vibe um and like maybe it doesn't need to be if you're in tokyo because you can go out and start doing adult things and you know take on responsibilities without needing a car but like you know especially you know american suburbs it's just like if you're anywhere like even part like just outside of a city, if you don't have a car, you are either reliant on others or stuck. Yeah. And, and so like the, the fact that it's, it's weird that it's like, they're not leaning into it because of that. But the, the fact of that, there is this, this, she explicit that I, I wrote it down. Cause she, when she's talking with the, by the way, pigtail dog receptionist at the driving school, good character design, good character. Yeah. Design. Love it. <laughs> My only complaint with should have been a soft because a certain movie was already out by then. How uh-huh. dare. Um, here the line is, uh, Retsuko says, or, or she asks like, why do you want to get your license anyway? And Retsuko just says, life sucks and I want to flee. <laughs> it's dog that was replies. also in my notes. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah, and, That's a good life lesson right there. Yeah. Well, to to that point, think about it from this angle because when I I do not remember that the first couple of times I watched that season, and so watching it this time, I'm like, huh. To to your point, Nick, uh, and and as well, Joe was like, there's there's that growing up phase that you know. 
theoretically some of us are out of by our, tw- our mid twenties, late twenties. Because Retsko lives in an area where she hasn't needed a license, perhaps getting the license allows her to achieve some kind of physical object that gives her a sense of freedom she didn't realize she wanted or needed in her life prior. By having the option to flee by car if necessary, that does open up a greater sphere in the world to her other than just her immediate surroundings. Yeah, I mean, even in high school, like, I know most of my friends who got their licenses, like, as soon as possible were doing it because it gave them that freedom. Yeah, there's a sense of, like, I think think when you have, like, public transport, it is like, okay, this is a tool that I can use to, you know, sort of navigate and take care of responsibilities and, you know, do a lot of, you know, uh, pursue personal goals and whatever, and that's fine, but there's something about, uh, you know, having a car that says, actually, you know, I can get places like the train already being there is like a tool you're making a use of. Whereas a car is like, this is mine. I have total control over this. This can take me places that, you know, I am my choice. Not like with the train, I can go anywhere the train goes, but it's sort of the train's choice where the train is. You know, it was not my, I'm not setting these destinations. I'm picking from given options. Whereas a car is like, I am setting my own. the, The car is the right, the right in answer where the train is the multiple choice, you know? Mm-hmm. And the, the, like they, they sort of allude to that specifically too. Cause I, I think, it, I think it was like right before that same line, she's talking about, uh, it's like, Oh, did you, uh, are you planning on moving out to the country or something? Cause like, yeah, no, once you're out of the city, that's, that's when you need a car. So it's like, like, yeah, no li- living out in the country is a, a different, a, a different, a, a different like culture of how you interact with your space and a sense of like the range necessary for life. Hmm. The sentence got weird, but I I hope the message is vaguely there. I, I think it came through pretty clearly. Yeah, it's it's a different way of life when you live far from everything as opposed to being in the center of it. Yeah. And especially in a culture, in an environment where you've always been able to just get around via public transportation and your own two feet, the natural response is, you're getting a license. Oh, you must be moving to the boonies. Mm-hmm. It's like, really, oh, you, you, you are, your life is about to need more than is currently being provided for you, huh? Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I just watched that, like, you know... That that I could see is like she is finding that there are other ways of attaining her freedom because in season one, it's re- referenced in those first two episodes we watched that she has considered getting married for the specific means of not having to go to work for someone she loathes and treats her terribly, not necessarily for love. Yeah, fleeing mm. again, honestly. Like, like getting married was her first choice of how to escape. Driving is the backup plan. And it's one of those, like, I don't think she considered driving until this season narratively required her to. But, I mean, how many times have any of us had that moment? Like, well, here's here's the solution. Like, uh, there's actually these other ones that if you really stop to think about it, you could use and still leave you in authority of yourself. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And... I kind of like that for the characters. Like I'm finding a way to still be me without having to give up who I am to find freedom. 
that's a very like you know uh, most characters are are um you know oh boy words are failing me give me two seconds but most characters are this sort of you know one character trait one personality focus uh caricatures and i think if anything that's retico's is you know she has this sort of you know as much as it is the like you know work face versus uh karaoke face it's maybe more this idea of she is kind of myopic where she's like okay this is the one solution i have thought of because it's the only one i've thought of it's the only one that might as well exist and she has trouble like thinking of the you know other possibilities other solutions like cuz even with the with the 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 marriage to get out of it to you know uh dealing with a nigh to dealing with driving away and escaping like a lot of even you know in in some way dealing with the the dating stuff it's just like no i'm not going to date and get married i'm not going to do it the way you're doing it i'm going to do it my way even though i don't know what it is like like there's a certain element of um she is so stressed that she can't see past the tip of her nose and uh-huh. It, it is sort of like her, you know, her her journey, her her arc is about learning more of like the scope of her agency. And <laughs> that, that's that's I I think that's her one character trait. It's absolutely relatable too, which makes it again a great depiction. Yeah, it's, again something I wouldn't have expected from the manufacturer that brought you Hello Kitty, uh-huh. or that. uh was that one crocodile big feelings? Oh <laughs> wow, wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't know big feelings. Uh I, w- really I wish makes me sound cold. I w- <laughs> big challenges. Big challenges, thank uh, you. Ah, good. <laughs> good. Hey, I, I might have to I might have to start doing the chat. <laughs> I might have to all the homework per episode. <laughs> start doing uh bespoke thumbnails so I can put stuff like big challenges. <laughs> We can have a notes section for the podcast. Ooh. Also, all right, but somebody else has to write it. Sure. Eh? Okay. All right. Done. Oh, okay. Jo- Joe volunteered first. <laughs> uh, I was actually going to say I have this great idea now, though. Thanks to you, Nick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we ever do merchandise, we will absolutely have to have a shirt that says "Get your karaoke face on." Yeah, that's good. Or this is my work face. This is my karaoke face. Those would make great face masks for a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, what have I done? So we had another example of some very Japanese culture in the uh, festival that they put together. Um, the Yasiyoba or the, the noodles? Yasiyoba, yeah. Or right. <laughs> stew. It's talking about Bob. anime as anime. Mm-hmm. Basically, this goes back to high school vibes because they're just doing like a Japanese high school cultural festival. Yeah, thing. I was gonna say like these kinds of uh, festivals where like every group, ha- every classroom has a has a is responsible for a booth of either food or of um, like fair games. Um, comes up a lot in slice of life high school anime. <laughs> Here's my question: betraying for all for all, as much as I love and I've tried to study of Japanese culture. Is that something that actually persists into their work environment? Because I know at least, again, for the company I work for, they have tried such things here pre-pandemic. Yeah. That was just like a 
work picnic, which I've been to, but they don't have stalls. Yeah. Yeah, the idea of having employees run parts of it is is kind of weird. Usually it's just like, yeah, we're going to have some food trucks come in and we'll hang out. Um, then you go there, you get your food, and you go back to work. I, I, Pretty much. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, I, I think when they showed the, like, after work drink party, I think that is more of the uh, Japanese-style thing. I don't know if they do festival stuff so much uh, once you get hit the working world. Um, okay. I, like, I actually got this weird read that, like, this was done specifically to invoke some more, like, high school vibes. Uh between so like you know um bob you were saying that like the anai stuff and everything else were kind of at odds and like fighting for attention but i do think now they blend together or they blend together a little bit well yeah i I think you see him yeah um i i think there's a sense of is all tied together in the sense that we are dealing with like these different levels of like points of aging because we have yeah. Anai who is you know the solution to the Anai problem was treat him like a child is you bring in a mommy for him and suddenly he's not a problem anymore so you have this like mm-hmm. young childhood thing we have the um the food stalls and the learning to drive are like a very like you know teenage high school kind of uh, moving on points and then we have the uh the the dating world as another like growing up point so it really it's this big jumble of these whole different like it is time to grow up touchstones so Mm -hmm. like like they all kind of are thematically you know aligned but it 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 does kind of feel like a big jumble like they're fighting for like which one are we focusing on right now and by the end with well that's jumping ahead uh the i felt bad for tuko for having to build this stupid stand Mm -hmm. especially since it's gonna be the second stand you mean the second yakisoba stand yeah because uh monkey lady was making the other one uh, <laughs> okay, so I, <laughs> uh-huh. I was, I was Googling because I was, um, just checking, like, how common they are. And I mean, they, they are used a lot also for festivals and stuff, so it's, it's a very mm-hmm. common throughout the culture. But the, the very first thing listed on the, the common foods is yakisoba. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so the fact that there was more than one. Is like, and yeah, it's definitely a thing that, like, everybody does. I love that Gory has her own information network, and it seems to be the worst informed one, because, what was it, uh, I forget what he was, like a goat, I think he was, or a lizard of some kind. Something yeah. like that. <clears throat> Pops up behind her, there are four other stands. So, like, how did you not know this if you have an information network? Which, like, uh, I have to stop reading this list, it's making me hungry. Yeah, no, yeah. we've said yakisoba enough now that I'm hungry and need to go make noodles right <laughs> after this. Um, yeah, I have steak coming later, or ma- oh, making later, and I already want just ramen or yakisoba. <laughs> I want okonomiyaki so oh, bad. God. Oh, don't you say that. <laughs> uh, I love noki yoki yummy in my tummy. <laughs> when, when, okay, when do we, when we have our first live show at a convention or something. Oh my god, we just, yes. We just have like a buffet. It's had, it's had sushi, but it's American sushi. <laughs> 
What, so it was like tuna with mayo? <laughs> no, he, I've taken him to a good sushi restaurant uh, at least once that I can think of. I can think of that was across the street, right? Uh, yeah, but that was still an authentic Japanese restaurant. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was named Kyoto. Yeah, how how common, much more authentic can you get? How common is Japanese food in Michigan? It's really uh, you think. Actually, actually in Kamazoo, but I no longer live in Kamazoo. I have mm-hmm. a Asian delicatessen that is so fancifully named China Garden. Mm-hmm. So. Listen, I'm in Tennessee now, uh-huh. and I, in Kalamazoo when I was there, we had at least five places. One literally in walking. That was a good ramen us. shop. Oh god, there was. That was on the south of the town. Yeah, uh, Zeki. Oh, I'm Zeki. Um, but we had five. Where I'm at in Tennessee, we're just flush with them. Which south of the Mason Dixon completely surprised me. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't have expected that. That's something to learn. I will say though, at least between Michigan and Tennessee, and I'm sure it's other places too. More commonly than not, many of them have just the same name. <laughs> I can't tell you how many Ichibans and Sakuras I've run across. Okay, that that makes sense though. Yeah, it makes sense. It's just like, wow, I didn't think I would actually see another Ichiban. Well, because Ichiban is like number one, so it's yeah. like true. So it's like uh, you know, uh, famous Rays and Rays famous. If they're all just named <laughs> oh, Ichiban. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, oh no, I've just been eating the famous rays of sushi. <laughs> but it's so good. It's good. But yeah, no, Bob, if we ever get to a live show, we are sitting you in front of bowls of various types of noodles that are um, not ramen. I can't wait to murder some names. Oh, hell yeah, it's the best part. It's the best part. You want some negamayaki? No, I don't even know. That sounds like a disease. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I caught my shot for that one. I, uh, the, I, I think it's something I teach my black mage in Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> we could tell you whatever we want it is, and you'd have to believe us. <laughs> but I digest. Yaki, I guess. Uh, yeah, uh, the fancy yaki soba. Yaki, yaki soba. Yaki soba. Yaki soba. Yaki soba stands. Saki or uh, soba specifically is um, uh, buckwheat noodles, basically. Uh, it's just reverse the type of noodle, and then uh, yaki is you also get like uh, takoyaki and um, ikeyaki. Yeah, yeah, I think yakitori and stuff like it's just a word that means like. Okay, yakitori just sounds like grilled. a person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's grilled noodles. Bob, you were saying about yakitori what? Exactly, whoever that dude is, I'm sure his movies <laughs> are great. Well, Bob, uh, I'm glad you didn't capitalize on. Uh, takoyaki because it has nothing to do with actual tacos as you know them spelled takoyaki. Taco is the word for octopus. Oh, yeah. Had it once. Takoyaki or octopus? I've also had soft shell crab sushi. That's actually really good. That's really good. Okay, we need to stop the food. Okay, it is unanimous. Uh. This whole episode is pretty much about Ratsuko working by herself, because Anais being the jerk that he is, not helping out at all, and Gori working with single possibility that she can to have a good stand, as they're having their appreciation day that the CEO thought of. And it's like, 
a decent episode, and I like the ending because suddenly there's more people in the Nye world that assist uh, Ritsuko. Yeah, we we did gloss over. We mentioned earlier, but the, and at the same time glossed over like how every single person in Retsuko's department tried to deal with Anai and consistently failed until, uh, okay, Kabai. Keep wanting to say Yabai. Two different words. Um, Kabai. The mother, the little, the literal mom comes in and says, and just, as Nick said, handles him like a child. And then it works. And through that same token, she learns he likes to make his own bentos. And that's how we save the day for Retsuko's stand. Mm-hmm. It's like, first off, my first reaction in my notes was, why weren't you just a chef? Mm-hmm. You clearly have a talent. Because he wanted to make a lot of money. I want to make a lot of money, said, too. No, I know, but he's like he specifically said uh, when he was talking to... Um, oh, I forgot who it, was, who it was. But he was just saying... he. It's like, why are you here? Because he's like, I want to be a, a high-paid accountant. I thank God every day, or whatever's out there, that I never fell for that, that <laughs> kind of mentality. And honestly, let's let's be completely frank. If he's really that good of a cook, he'll still make a lot of money. <laughs> so, but I, I can see, you know, to your point, where his vision was a little narrow on that, but he is apparently this grade-A cook to the point where Retsuko serves up what can loosely be called yakisoba and Tone's little piglets, which I forgot he had. <laughs> I love that they look just like him, including his wife. Go bad mouth. The same voice. Yeah. The same voice, the same. <laughs> they have pig. The little piglets have pigtails. God, yeah. I'm so happy about this. Uh, this is just the, the visual pun of it all. Oh, love it. Um, they go bad mouthing their stall because it has terrible food. And the first thing Retsuko thinks after trying a nice yakisoba is take this to the children. Mm-hmm. Just set the propaganda machine off blaze. And they did. And it worked. And it's all because the mom in the office, and let's be honest, every office tends to have one, you know, was the most sympathetic, empathetic person because she can't be bothered by it. She has children. And to be <laughs> fair, her children, while initially giving me the shudders of, oh, they're just running around everywhere, are still fairly well-behaved children. Mm. And it, it, it kind of takes this character who in the first season, I don't remember their, them giving her too much to do. No, she's just the, the chatty one in the office, mm-hmm. basically. It, it gives her such a amount of depth and and throughout the series, you do get more of her depth, and it's really good. Uh, but it, it's a good moment to kind of give her the spotlight in a very subtle way, this background character, as well as be the solution to this gross office problem. And, and it turns it around to where, okay, and I can make the money he wants by literally selling lunch at the work commissary as long as no, the boss doesn't see, and they they do that college high school thing, the 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 you're selling something you shouldn't be. We'll say cigarettes. Oh, here's a teacher's coming. Everyone act cool, act cool. <laughs> and and I it was it, soda cans in my school. In my school, it was the the kid who came in with a garbage bag full of Twinkies every day. <laughs> 
There was a lot of things sold at the Catholic high school I went to. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, not drugs, but just a lot of things. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, like, coming at it from the other angle, too, like... Considering the fact that he's, like, Anais just out of school transitioning to this grown-up life. Like, I imagine he's still... He just mentally kind of still needs that, like, structure or um, motherly touch of someone he can feel like is telling him what to do. Mm. Well, I can see that. Well, did he... Was he just out of, like, high school or was he just out of college? College, I think, they said. The, the, there was also... Something... I imagine he had to get the degree to be an accountant. Yeah. There's also something there about the, like, um, in the, the cold open of one of these episodes, they show him, like, making his own breakfast. Mm-hmm. And it, so, I don't know if it's something about the way they filmed it. Like, it, it would make, you know, some sense that he lived on his own or whatever. But the idea of just, like, he seemed like he's somebody who's been, like, living on his own for a long time. So if you want to tell me that, like, okay, there's the secret dark history behind Anai where, like, he was raised by an only father or something and never had the mom and that's why he's okay, like see, scary or, or like so scared that he becomes like aggressively defensive to everyone and the only one who can get through to him is the the mom who babies him like i could kind of see that but i guess they not doing any of that no see i took that opening i i interpreted his apartment being so barren and empty that it was he's brand new to living on mm-hmm. his own. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of... I, I don't know if I necessarily thought of it as him being brand new, but either way, I did see it as him being alone in his yeah. life. And that kind of isolation in and of itself can breed a degree of sensitivity because if you don't have a lot of human interaction, you're not going to have a good meter to gauge when someone's just giving you a generic criticism that is not harsh or malicious, just food for thought. Criticism, just a correction. Yeah, but even to that point, it it is a critique of his work. Thus, sorry, dictionary me took over. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Dad? Uh, But either way, yeah, he, he doesn't know how to handle any kind of feedback. And so he gets immediately defensive. So, for what it's worth, the third way of seeing it is he's alone. Regardless, new or old, he's alone. And, you know, if you're alone enough, you can go to some dark places. As it looked like he was often going to on his own alone as he cooked his apparently great bento box. Yeah, as soon as uh, it hit 8 a.m., he disassociated. Yeah. Like, like that's actually... Uh, I, I had to take a break from watching this arc because it just got too real. Um, But... It, the thing that it, it made me like get up and say is just like I am very grateful that I have you know people in my life that I can just like go to and share these things because the thing about it is uh, Anai and Retsuko both have a similar problem in this situation which is that they are both involved in this situation right like it the 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 
the support that comes from just having a third person who is not, you know, someone who is, is taking offense or being threatened or feels defensive, somebody who is just out of not, not participating in the situation. So they have like a, a steady head about it and you can like sort of bounce ideas off them. Having a person like that in your life is such a like sanity stabilizer. And I think in this situation that we're watching, like, like neither Anai nor Retsuko really have that. Like Retsuko's got people in her life who would do that, but she's got that myopic thing and she just tries to figure things out on her own or just gets scared. And like, she's in it. She's stressed. She doesn't think clearly. She doesn't ask for help until Haida also is in her situation. She's like, finally I have somebody like, like Haida would have helped at any point. Haida begins helping her before he's under it. And like, she just, I don't know if she doesn't want to burden him or just doesn't think to ask for help, but like that they, they are both having this sort of like the problem of they are in it and neither one of them have the, the voice, a, a voice of sanity at their side, you know? I don't suppose anyone here has played life is strange. The original life is strange game. I have. Okay. Crap, I can't think of his name. But you remember the young man who was hitting on Max, our main character? Yes. Now, I'm not saying to the same degree, but that's Haida. <laughs> Initially, he gets better. And in fact, by the end of the first season, he's essentially better. It's addressed. And it, thank God for it. But that's essentially him. He He is absolutely head over heels for Retsuko, but doesn't really know that terribly much about her when he starts off. Mm-hmm. And then they just become cool, chill friends. And to your point, Redsco is kind of, in, from what the way I have observed it and what I took from his, and then maybe I read too much into it, to be fair. <laughs> Both trying not to burden him with her problems, but also I could see on a kind of more subtle level, kind of not wanting to involve him and avoid any potential, you know, misreads of her behavior. It, you know, not not trying to seem reliant on him or going to him for anything other than just help. Uh, maybe I could see that. And like I said, I might be reading into it, but as I remember, it was awkward for them initially when when the when he tried to ask her out, and she just really wasn't into it. Yeah, but yeah, I think mostly it's just that Retsko is very much one of those. I don't want to be a bother types yeah cause, absolutely because you know we do have the whole dating side arc where it's just like oh no she's probably like like she definitely like has no problem with Haida, but what she does have a problem with is the idea of dating and the idea of like committing to a relationship so like i i could see it like you know it like it is that but more for that reason than anything else <laughs> but yeah it's he it's definitely, though, there is that gentle side of, uh, no, I'll figure a way to handle this. Like, no, no, let someone help you sometimes. It's okay. Yeah. But, and to be fair, by the end of this, you know, we, we see a hugely negative problem, which everyone can relate to. I would be hard-pressed to believe anyone that says they weren't. Resolved. Mm. Which is, honestly, the dream. It's a dream. It's... And this... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I wouldn't say that it's tied up neatly, 
it works out. Mm-hmm. And the knight, as Joe mentioned, who does show up for a few more episodes, kind of in the background, but he's not a problem going forward. It's, I think it's more smooth over than resolved. Like, okay, I know I'm yeah. this guy on every episode. I'm this guy <laughs> in life. But, like, I... I did not buy, like, any of this resolution, honestly, like. Well, also, keep in mind, 15-minute episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it, yeah, it doesn't seem to me like a fully resolved, but it definitely seems like it's providing him an avenue through which to get over the things that make him so defensive and scared. Yeah. I want, I, yeah, I admit, I'm using the word resolved loosely. It is, the problem is more or less dealt with. It, not necessarily resolved, but it's, I, he's not a problem going forward. Is it a little fast? Yes. Is it 15 minutes? Yes. This is, this is one of those times I'll pull out the yeah, sure of it. Yeah, sure. They, they have 15 minutes to do this. They did really good for a 15 minute format. But also, yeah. it's not 15 minutes. This was four episodes. That's an hour. They spent four episodes on this Fair. one conflict. Like, like uh, again, I think the idea of Anai is so fresh-faced and maybe has something else going on just in terms of, like, isolation in his life. Because, like, like, this kind of person isn't just somebody you find in the workplace. This is like, you know, they, they they were making a comment about it. They're like, no, a lot of the young people these days are like this, where they are, you know, super sensitive to things and, you know, they overreact to things. And like, like, yeah, I can kind of see that being a true thing because, you know, just where we are in society and like th- there has been a lot of like, oh, we are now aware of things like gaslighting and, you know, what abuse looks like in, in different forms. But there's also that like everyone now knows enough to be dangerous and to sort of like misuse the information and over apply it. It's the new hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there, there, feels like there is something real there, but like to spend, I think the thing that got to me is like a never apologizes. Yeah. Like, like he's, he never apologizes. And for the way that it's like, oh, we see this one way, this one person where he doesn't react like this, this one person that he actually responds positively to. Like, there's nothing shown that is like, oh, she gives him something that lets, you know, that that lets him, you know, be able to interact with other people without being defensively. Like, nothing is really given to him. Nothing is really resolved. He doesn't seem to change it's just like oh he has this one person who moms him and then he has his musical interlude which again the fact it's it's not Retico's song it's not heavy metal but it's this weird like like house music set with him again <laughs> rapping over it which is just like all right cool um i actually thought that if i didn't hate him so much i thought that music the, the his song is actually pretty pretty sweet no, I I agree with you. And um, to be fair, I would say, as you describe it more, I feel that all of your criticisms about it kind of give it a sense of reality. Because how many times when we, in real life, run into something like this, or God forbid, this kind of situation exactly, does it ever truly get resolved where you get and I'm sorry, it's just kind of like, listen, it's settled. Yeah. And we have to accept that. Or honestly, like, even if even if an no apology, it's like, for for how, like like disturbingly real all of this feels it's like okay this is not how this story ends it's either he can conti- like 
if if there's not some sort of like happy ending where it does resolve here with a bit more work and self-discovery, whatever, then it's like, okay, then there's actually two more episodes where now, you know, everyone has found out, oh, what's her name again? I keep forgetting it. The, Which one? The hippo, the mom. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye. We're like, like suddenly everyone realizes, oh, here is our, you know, we brought out the pig guns. Those failed. But here's our ringer. Here's our strategist. So like we have Kabai. So you have this sort of continued development of, okay, we're, we, the rest of us are going to kind of go through Kabai to see if we can warm an eye up to everyone else. And then maybe it smooths out. Like, like, I feel like you can still kind of get there where it's like, okay, nothing ever really got fixed, but he stops being a problem. Like it takes another episode to get there. And like, I can see it just this doesn't sell it and you can say oh 15 minutes show, they're going to do that but like again this took four episodes to cover this one <laughs> conflict and then you cheap out with the the 15 minute ending explanation at the end i just it didn't sit right with me like th- there's a version That's of fair. this i, I could buy that is longer and it's just like oh if you were going to end it that way this should have been a two or three episode arc not four my blood pressure was driven up for way too long if you're not going to resolve it well. And I agree, and I I would have appreciated more myself. Am I I giving it a a lot of, I don't want to say a lot, but a a fair amount of, yeah, sure, yeah, I am. I agree with you, and honestly, with what you described, I would almost want now them to go back, redo the series as 30-minute episodes, and give that fleshing out more to each of the situations, because it would benefit, honestly, from it. Yeah, it's really interesting, like, you know, the show, uh, the the seed of the show before it was this series, it was a bunch of shorts and like, like obviously, you know, just a uh, hard day at work, metal karaoke at the end of it. Like, yeah, that's not going to carry you for four seasons. So, like, of course, we're going to go somewhere. And what they decided to dig into and sort of present is like, oh, we have some office interpersonal relationships and we're going into some real stuff and these are characters and relationships that are really like they really resonate they are they are familiar to a shocking degree <sighs> so yeah it is i don't know i think it it just seems so out of tone with the rest of the show it's like hey here's something that resonates so much and here's this really like and we're gonna go hard on this one then it's just over like we're gonna I say will... this character does this character this happens and then it is over and I'm just like no for, every, like for everything you do right it was weird how mishandled this felt to me at least but then again you know I... uh, sorry I'm so... no 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 you're fine <laughs> I, I I was just gonna say I will say this too looking on from my part having having the benefit of seeing where the show goes from here. I will say, in retrospect, this does definitely have that sophomore year vibe of trying to figure out where you're going with your show. Mm. <clears throat> because the idea of dealing with a fairly intense, blood-boiling subject. And then you get to season three. I'm not going to go into details. They do it better. It's different. It's not necessarily in the office, but it's different. And it gets... It goes hard. Is it, is it that is it again like that very real very like hey we're gonna you're gonna recognize this and it's gonna be one of those like you probably have bad memories associated with it let's dig in is it like that have you ever been an idol well I've played a lot of video games but uh, I guess what I'm going is you know some of the darker side of idol stories you hear yeah yeah buckle up 
boy. And but but again, they do it in sort of like a hey, we're not gonna like we're gonna show this in a way that you can believe, so it feels uh-huh. harsher, right? Uh-huh. Like that's uh, see, that's interesting. Like I. Again, I don't want it to sound like I'm talking down on the show. I respect a lot of it. Oh, no, that, I don't think you are. That's why this one moment, like, calling this a resolution just felt like, that's, you're better than this. I, I agree. Is it, is it truly a resolution? No. They have, cons- they, the, the producers and directors and so forth, consider it resolved. And I guess what I'm seeing here is, I see they were trying to do a lot and test, I, in my opinion, they were testing a lot of things in the season mm. and seeing what they got the better response from. And I believe they probably got a, they definitely got a response from this part. Yeah. <laughs> Boy and howdy. And that's kind of where I think they went with, with the direction they did in season three. I have nothing to substantiate that by my own personal beliefs. Sure. Um, but again, seeing how that worked out, like they figured out that if they're going to do a heavier subject matter, they've got to do more other than, and then all was well, because I will tell you season three, has repercussions into the beginning of season four, that which cool. gives it validity, and that's why I say this. This was them just, in my opinion, probably them just testing to see if they could do it. Did it deserve a better ending for this arc? A hundred percent, I agree with you on that. Okay, but I, again, seeing where they went, I like they were testing their feet, and I think they figured out what they wanted to do, and they learned from it. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, if honestly, like if if. I can believe that they can do this well. So if if they come back and they they do a similar thing and and handle it well this time, like good, great. I don't know if I can handle watching that, but mad respect. Let me tell you, it takes a lot to get me uncomfortable. And there were parts of season three that I, towards the end, I'm like, Jeez. I need to take, I need to walk away for a minute. I need to walk away and do anything happy. Wow. All right. Bob, I heard you start to say something, and I'm sorry. Oh, you just say? uh. Me with an eye. I kind of was thinking that they're shooting for a, he's going to get fired. That never happened. And I have to agree with yeah. Nick. It was like retaining someone who is actively aggressive. Yeah. Like, like as soon as they brought uh, Tone in and it was like, oh, no, he can't do anything about it. It's like, he's the manager. Like, this gets escalated when it gets to that point. But it is that weird, like, it's it's like he's doing that scary thing where like he's he's saying hey i feel threatened and it's just like okay yeah you're kind of being irrational but also you're using all of the language where we can't quite find i Uh the version of this that happened in my life i'm still way too close to i think that's why i also was just like no tell me how this ends well i need to know yeah i'll say with what i'm dealing with yes this this is like i need to know I need to know this has a resolution, not just, and then it was all better. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so I'm, like I said, I'm with you. I'm reining it in a lot, but I'm with <laughs> you. Yeah. All right. Uh, is it time to the thing? sum up? Well, I mean, there's the question. Yeah, Bob. You know the question. Uh, I actually have no idea what I would commit as a crime if I ever had Mentos in my life. I'm so happy. I was waiting for you to do something silly and you did it and I'm so... Don't, you don't disappoint, buddy. Let me tell you. you just, I love it. Would you watch more Retsuko? A Gretzko? I actually enjoy the show. I only knew of one season to know that there are two, three, and four. And I five will continue. coming next year. 
Yes, that's right. And five. Uh, I would continue it. Maybe not at the level of, and I forgot to tell you guys about uh, Cowboy Bebop. Maybe not at that oh, level. Yes. So, uh, Can we do a Bebop uh, update segment then? <laughs> uh, it's going good. Okay. Uh, I've only actually watched a couple episodes so far, but that's more than I would say of any other show we had watched at that point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, it's good. This show, Agatsuko, maybe I would watch after. This one is a weird one for me because I don't have, I kind of have an office job and I know all of these people, but <laughs> I already live that life. Sure. Well, then let me recommend you, if you want something that is sort of resonates with the ideas of, you know, growing up, there's this other show on Netflix called Dragon Pilot. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, Bob, you can relate to being eaten by a dragon and flying it as a fighter jet. Oh, God. That's, that's so Which reminds so, me. Remind so me after... Oh, I'm sorry, Joe. Real no, quick. No, no, remind no. me after the podcast. I got a story about dragons. And that's what we'll just... We'll go there. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Joe. Sorry. Um, the show being only 15-minute episodes, though, does make it highly digestible and, like, easy to just kind of put on in the background, too, while you're doing other stuff. I agree. See, see, I will admit... This is the only time I've really cut it down to the wire on my, uh, doing my podcast homework. <laughs> and, but, and this was so much easier than Bebop would have been to do. I like it the last second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's very like season one, especially was way more of like a popcorn kind of show. It's just like, oh yeah, this is mm-hmm. a good snack. This is digestible. This is fun. But like, okay, mm-hmm. I think this is the only bits of like beyond season one that I've seen. It's just like, oh, okay, we're getting heavy. I don't know if. That's gonna be weird. Okay, this popcorn show got dark. Weird. I think the best way I can put it for a show that I've watched here in America is MASH. It started off as super comedy. Then they added a lot more seriousness to it while still trying to keep it a comedy. I'm having Nick's reaction. I'm just kind (laughs) of the cat with the flower, the gift with the cat and the flower on its head and it sees the galaxy. I'm kind of having that moment right now. Oh, that's good. Hey, yeah, you're you're not wrong. Do you know the story about the theme song to Mash? <laughs> I know the the theme song to Mash. Yes. Okay. That's my brother's favorite song. <laughs> That's his happy song. Oh, that's not boy. a happy song. That's not a happy. Song. I know because when he told me when he showed me the film Mash and I heard that I'm like, oh, we need to talk. <laughs> Y'all need a hug. I just, I love the part of that story where it's like, yeah, no, we wanted the most, like, edgelordy, morose song. So we got, you know, the director's, like, 14-year-old nephew in high school to write it. And it's just uh-huh. like, yeah, no, we did it right. All right, perfect. It's like, oh, we want it to be so dark it's funny, get us an actual 14-year-old. You know, I, mm-hmm. peek behind the curtain, when I was, uh, you know... My dad introduced me to Johnny Cash real early in life, and eventually I found out about Hurt, the best cover of a song, Fight Me. Mm. Um, And that was kind of like my go-to, I'm feeling really down. And then I found the MASH theme. I'm like, this is the song. As an asthmatic with allergies to cigarette smoke, I would absolutely, if I had a bad enough day, sit out in the rain, smoking a cigar, (laughs) inhaling deeply, listening to this on repeat that is the dark day song 
Oh boy, yeah. Well, I have some good news, Bob. Up. This was the last show in the first tier, which means you're graduating up to the daytime tsunami tier. Daytime tsunami sounds like uh, stuff I would know. Maybe you might. I know. You might. I promise you, you've heard of one of these shows because I've tried to get you to watch it. <laughs> okay. All right. We get to do the fun thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now we have three new shows for you to choose from. Okay. We have. If it weren't for Carcoon killing me, I wouldn't be the protagonist I am today. We have Peace and Love and Tiny Little Donuts. And we have The Gang Steals a Rock'em Sock'em Starship. <laughs> I both love and am a, a little sad that you didn't choose the alternate title for that <laughs> because it's so accurate. Uh-huh. Uh, as... As we have discovered, we are all hungry, so I will go with Peace, Love, and Little Donuts. Yes! Very okay. good choice. All right! This is going to be so good for you in ways you don't even know. This is... Boy, the order we're doing shows in is so wild, and I am here <laughs> for it. Yeah, I'm, I've never been so... Leave me on this crazy train. I, <laughs> I'm all about this. Okay. All right, so next episode we will be watching Trigun. Oh, that sounds like a guy who has three guns. You're right. It does. Say, you're not wrong, it. Bob. <laughs> Seems very impractical. Is oh. it just like carrying one around while oh. he has two in holsters? Bob, oh, wait till you find we'll out what the see. third gun is. <laughs> wait till you find out about Millie. Wait till you find out about um. Oh no, what's what's the other one? Wolfgang. Game? Wait till you find out about Wolfgang. No, Wolfwood. Wolfwood, yes, yeah, sorry. Wolfwood. Nicholas Wolfgang Puck, the priest. What? You'll never look at traveling Puck? priests the same way. Here's the thing. I wasn't making too much of that up. Oh, God. All right. We're I didn't think there were any little donuts. <laughs> there are donuts. No, there, there are. There are donuts. There, there are, are donuts. and you'll understand it. I think, I think we have to... At the very, we'll discuss this later. Yeah, we yeah. have to at least make him one watch a very specific episode for the donuts. I yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like I can think of like three good episodes to watch. <laughs> All right. All right. So yeah. that'll do it for this week. I don't have more to oh. have a sentence prepared. <laughs> right. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's been Bob. That's been Nick. That's been Joe, and I'm also here. And I just pushed the button for the outro to begin. So, uh, from all of us here, see you next time. Bye. Have a good day. Later. Deep in the Weebs is a show by Chuck, Nick, Joe, and Bob. Our theme music is Kawaii Friends by C. Cotty 3. You can find our show on YouTube or subscribe to the audio-only version on iTunes or wherever podcasts are served.